Hey there, Perfect Movie listeners. This is Steven. The episode you're about to hear was released one year ago this month on the bonus disc, the Patreon feed of the two Gomers. Our Patreon subscribers, we call them Gomertrons, get brand new episodes of Perfect Movie each month, plus the result show for every movie and additional bonus apps depending on what level you subscribe at. Now that a year has gone by, we're releasing the main Perfect Movie episodes to this feed so the public can hear them. If you want to stay up to date and hear these episodes a year in advance, make sure you head over to patreon.com slash twogomers to subscribe to the bonus disc. And if you like what you hear, make sure you check out Overcoming Runner's Block. That's our health podcast where we chase big goals, face our excuses, and invite a nation along for the run. You can find Overcoming Runner's Block wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, here's the episode. Happy listening. In the 64th Academy Awards, Silence of the Lambs was supposed to get all the attention. It did sweep the big five, actor, actress, director, writing, and best picture, garnering Jodie Foster her second Oscar in four years. Beauty and the Beast had the second most buzz as the first animated feature to ever be nominated for best picture and winning both best original score and original song for Alan Menken but no one was talking about these two movies the next morning around the water cooler. Instead, it was a decidedly non-awardsy movie that stole the show. Or, more accurately, it was its star and writer Billy Crystal, who was hosting that evening, and its 73-year-old supporting actor Jack Palance, who, with only 12 minutes of screen time, won the award for his role in the film. During his acceptance speech, widely considered to be one of the best in Oscar history, Pounce made off-color jokes and did one-handed push-ups before, mirroring his performance in the movie, he was off the stage before people really knew what hit them. His appearance became the running joke for the rest of the night. Scrapping all his original material, Crystal would come out between awards and give faux updates on Pounce's escapades, escalating in absurdity as the evening progressed. Jack Palance was just seen bungee jumping off the Hollywood sign. He'd just rendezvoused with a space shuttle. he just won the New York primary. And a joke that had 14-year-old Stephen almost peeing his pants and remains one of his favorites to this day. The announcement that Palance was the father of every single lost boy in Hook. The ceremony has stood the test of time. But what about the film that made it so unforgettable? We're the two gomers. We're talking city slickers, and this is Perfect Movie. For you, Julie. Welcome, everybody, to Perfect Movie, a podcast where two regular guys try to save the universe one great film at a time. This is Anthony speaking, one of those two aforementioned gomers coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, joined as always by my friend Steven, all the way out in Flagstaff, Arizona. Yeah, we're going to be singing this music. This 
The score Wait, who, is amazing. Who there's, wrote there's, the score? Who wrote gonna the score? A, I didn't even write it down. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of score chat. Oh, it's on the Gomer One Sheet, dude. This is Mark Shaman. Mark he, Shaman. He wrote a lot of stuff. He did a lot of Billy Crystal stuff. He okay. actually wrote one of the ones that we kind of panned, A Few Good Men. Oh, yeah, that's do, 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 do. <laughs> Now, this is like an old west score, right? It's like totally, it's Copeland. There's so much Copeland. Copeland, you're right. Like, um, a lot of like the trombone, bassoon, oboe, like, it's very Copeland. What is the cowboy movie that Williams wrote? Cowboys. Okay, it reminds me of that score too. 100%. That, now, that's a movie that I've never seen. I only okay. know the score of. And I remember years ago you saying it came on TV and you watched it and you loved it. Cowboys. I loved it. I can't wow. even remember barely what happened other than freaking loving it. And now I want to watch it again. Like, it's, <laughs> put it it's on the so list. good. It's so, yeah, let's put that one on the list. But, dude, okay. the score, we, we just got to say this one real quick thing. We actually yeah. know somebody that was involved with this score. So like growing up, this movie is super canon for me, City Slickers. This is very, very canon. I would just, I watched the Oscars live. So I remember not only the movie, but I remember it taking over the Oscars. Mm, Okay. And it it was a big deal for me. I I just, for some reason, I remember, I I remember thinking those jokes that Billy Crystal is saying right now were not written before Jack Palance came out. Mm -hmm. And so he is back there with Bruce Valanche, just writing jokes. Mm-hmm. And I just was, like, so amazed. I don't think I saw it in theaters, though, City Slickers. I don't think so. I did either. Me, yeah, I don't know. I, I, ju- I just don't. I mean, this was, a ver- this was a VHS over and over and over again. Oh, yeah, Movie absolutely. Okay, so my dad's college roommate, Mark McKenzie. Uh-huh. Right. They're great friends, UW-Eau Claire, where you went. Yep. My alma mater. Yep, became totally best friends. He Mm -hmm. ended up going to California. I think he went to like USC and he became a film composer, worked with Jerry Goldsmith, became an orchestrator. And this was one of his like big breaks. So what did he, what what role did he have in this score? He orchestrated this whole score. He, so I remember this is that time where my dad went out there and he showed him all his sketches and he's like, this is literally what the composer did. And it's like scribblings of a madman, Gomer one sheet. And he's like, (laughs) and then then like, this is what I did. And then he showed him like the full score. Um, Now that's just, just for our listeners, this is super interesting to me when I found this out mm -hmm. that, that the score or composed, but well, you'll see it, you'll see it in a, you'll see it in the credits, right? Score by or whatever. Yep. Um, that person comes up with themes, light motifs, stuff like that, yep. and then somebody like your dad's roommate yep. actually orchestrates and writes the music. Is that right? So, totally. He takes it from a piano line uh-huh. and then makes it a full orchestra. So like the trombones should play this, the strings should play that, this should be a trombone, you know, like this should be yeah. like an oboe or a bassoon or a flute. You know what I mean? Like he he takes it and like does the magical stuff to it. Wow. So that's something you would never know unless you did some research or you knew a guy, right? Well, you just yeah. think John Williams is sitting there writing every oboe 
note. And every tuba note. That's the thing about John Williams, though, is he does a lot of that himself. Okay. He obviously has a team. Like, he's not sitting there copying parts. Right. You know, like, remember, remember, if you watch every single Star Wars movie, it's like orchestrations, Herbert W. Spencer. Like, I remember that name just sticking out to me because I started watching for orchestrators because of that. Like, my dad went and visited Mark. Came back yeah. with all this cool stuff. He's like, this movie City Slickers is coming out. I orchestrated. He conducted the orchestra, so he conducted everything you hear. He was the conductor for. No way. That so is amazing. You can see it in the credits. It says orchestra conducted by Mark McKenzie. I never, well, I didn't <laughs> know, so I wasn't looking for it. And I don't look for that because I'm just thinking who scored it, right? <laughs> right? So it's 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 not, John Williams is not necessarily like a James Patterson who just doesn't write any books anymore. Everybody right. ghost writes what he right. and he just slaps his name on it. Mm-hmm. It seems like John Williams is old school mm-hmm. and he still is is very hands-on even at 90-something, totally. right? Pencil and paper. Although, again, a two-hour Star Wars movie at, you know, age 85 to 90. <laughs> right. Like, That's not going to work great. You you know, I mean, like, not like he's he has a team, right? But he wrote thumb, thumb, oh. thumb, 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 thumb. Yes, thing. absolutely. That's Williams. Yes. It's not oh, just some dude. For sure. And I bet you he did more than almost anybody ever does. But like right. I'm and I don't know. I wasn't there, but I'm just guessing. Well, he even conducts the orchestra himself, though, too. Is that just for the behind the behind no, the scenes dude. footage though? They no just way. prop him up just for the footage yeah, and then they him. take him down. <laughs> I mean, there's probably sessions. Yeah, I bet definitely. there's sessions that that they get other people to do. I mean, I don't know, but no, he's he's old school still. He does pencil and paper, right? No, yeah, no yep. finale, no nothing. It's like if it works. Less screens, more paper. Yes, that's he, John Williams. He is a gomer. <laughs> <laughs> So, but, okay, so both of us have real connections with this movie. Um, you know Mark McKenzie, and I watched the Oscars live. For sure. Those are our connections. Okay, yeah. here, one other real quick thing. I'm just uh-huh. looking at the Academy Awards original yeah. score. Were you watching that yeah. one? Like, were you like, ooh, I can't wait? Yes. Okay. I, 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 really, I really, as a young boy, I really like to know who was going to win for score. Do you remember who won for song? That year was Beauty and the Beast, one for song. Okay, because I was also uh, thinking we've got on the Gomer One sheet a huge song that year was Everything I Do. You know, Brian Adams. I'm sure that was nominated. I'm sure too, and I'm sure it was probably performed. Oh, yeah, for sure. Don't you think that would be one? I mean, so I do know that I'm almost guaranteed that Brian Adams song was the, 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 there was a hook performance. There was a hook at that Oscars. Yeah, oh, so there man. was some sort of like a chorus. What is the hook song? When you're alone. Every day so so they had a they yeah. had a chorus of Lost Boys <laughs> singing that song and what? that was what and so then that was the joke after it. Oh my god. Jack gosh. Palance is the father of all of these children. Was what Billy <laughs> Crystal said when he came back. Out. Unbelievable. Yeah. So it's interesting that we know quite a few of the songs that were 
<laughs> nominated that year. That is incredible. Okay, I'm just yeah. looking over, though, the nominees for best score. Okay. And Beauty and the Beast, man. Okay, so first of all, JFK, really good. That was John yep. Williams' big one yep. that year. But mm -hmm. Hook, one of his greatest scores of all time, the score that outlives the movie, wasn't right. nominated. Yeah, so is that because they won't do two movies for one guy, usually? The Hook score is way better than JFK. I mean, JFK okay. is awesome. Yeah. And what was it? Tim Morrison, the trumpet? Like, incredible. He did that. He did Apollo 13. Right. Oh, he sounds so incredible. Now, here's a hot take. Hot take time. Okay. I think the Beauty and the Beast score is better than both of those scores. Mm. <laughs> I love the Beauty and the Beast score. It is so good. That opening oh, yeah. that's coming Absolutely. through the forest, and it's all, too, totally. it's all 2D, and that score, all of those songs are just indelible. And so I, I think the Beauty and the Beast score has lasted, I'm sorry to say, longer than... Banning yes. <laughs> back home. Boing, that is boing. way better. That is way better than banning back home. And there's a little DSE ray in there. Actually, the beauty of uh -huh. that's you can hear a little bit of Ray's theme in there, actually, the DSE ray. You can put and then, you can do a mashup of it between that and for sure. Wow, we did it! Yes, we found Beauty and the Beast, Ray, Hook. They're all in there. But I don't know, dude. I I still think J Dub's both scores overall. Yes, I see what you mean. Banning back home, notwithstanding, is better. We're both conducting. Where's the hook? Okay, hold on. That's December. We'll get to hook. Don't worry. But right now, we're still on City Slickers. Do you want to read some of the one sheet? Sure. Yep. So this was like the day and age for me, dude. Okay, so this movie came out June mm. 7th, 1991. Mm -hmm. Yes. Roger Ebert gave it a three and a half stars, declared it a comedy with heart and human insight. He loved it. He loves this kind of movie, I think. Well, yeah. Like so a slice of life. As long as there's like something about the human condition, mm -hmm. I feel like that's going to go up in his... That's why he didn't like Independence Day. There's nothing about the human condition mm -hmm. in totally. Independence Day. Well, there's an arc. Stop it. There's a transformation. There's a midlife crisis. Yep. There's a lot of like thought put into it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm with, yeah, I'm, we'll I'm with him there. I'm with him there. For sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with him with the fish out of water stories too. That's I've discovered. Oh, yeah. Those are my favorite. Yep. That's it. Mm. Yeah, that's great. So a transformation arc, fish out of water, one, two yep. punch for me. Wow, that's great. Right in your wheelhouse. <laughs> For sure. Now, June 7th, 1991, just to mm -hmm. put this into context, the day before NBC announces 
Jay Leno is going to replace Johnny Carson. I, I always think that that's like in the 70s. I something. know, dude. That this is the so 90s. long ago. Yeah. Wow. So it, the, the late night wars are going crazy right now. That That's something that we were about to get into a couple years later, even though like the late night shows were always on in my house. Right. Um, this also really places it for me in middle school where I was not a movie theater goer. I was a uh-huh. movie rental watcher. Yeah. And I, I do think that there's like a sleepover yep. feel to this movie, right? There's mm-hmm. like a... Um, you, I can, I can just imagine it on the shelf. Yeah. At, um, not Blockbuster, but whatever what we have independently owned video? video store we were going to at that point. I remember there was one right downtown in Verona, like across from Ace. Yup. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I would go there and I would just look at the covers of the mm. VHS, and there was, a, of course, a little backroom too where I wasn't supposed to go. Right. And I didn't. Mom, I did not course. go into that back room Definitely with the curtain, not. but I would just walk around and look at those VHS covers. This this one just seems like it would be there among mm, all of them. Totally. I love that smell, that feeling, so good. Yeah. Actually, we should put that in Currently Watching. We watched that Blockbuster video documentary. The oh, last you did? Blockbuster. Oh, I haven't seen that oh, yet. Oh, man. Okay, so How could I, as a former employee, not watch that You have to watch documentary. that, dude. Okay. Okay, I'm watch it on that. my list. We'll we'll talk about that in currently watching. The original blockbuster ever is in Bend, Oregon. Yeah. Spoiler alert. There's only one left in the planet, and it's in Bend, Oregon, where I'm headed on Wednesday. Whoa, are you gonna take a little pilgrimage? Oh, absolutely. Now that now the <laughs> yes. movie came out a few years ago, so I don't know if it survived. I read somewhere that it's an Airbnb now. Aww. But it's still but it's still a blockbuster. Like they it's the it's a okay. the blockbuster facade. And you can stay there overnight with all the videos, which would be so, which that would be a Gomer trip. Actually, dude, that gave me goosebumps. Like a sleepover at a Blockbuster. (laughs) I mean, I practically used to do that. We, I would be stocking shelves until Mm 2.30, but I'd have to go home. This, I mean, it's like getting married. You don't have to go home. (laughs) (laughs) Getting married to Blockbuster. (laughs) A real dream. (laughs) Okay. Amazing. Okay. Budget for this movie twenty seven million dollars. The gross at the box office was one hundred twenty four million U.S. one hundred seventy nine million worldwide. I mean, this thing was a smash hit, fifth highest grossing movie of the year. Yeah, huge. Hit. This is when comedies could do this, right? For sure, Just huge hits. Yeah. Well, we got Home Alone the same year. Mm-hmm. Oh which yeah, destroyed. Just knocked everything out. T two also right. I mm-hmm. mean. The aforementioned Silence of the Lambs, which was a huge hit. Oh, I Uh-oh. mean, just, just what look. about Bob? Oh, no. What yeah, okay, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I mean, just look at this okay. one sheet. Yeah. The next week, Robin Hood partnered to Prince of Thieves comes out, which I saw in the theater. Me too. I think we might have seen it together. Probably. Great <laughs> score. I mean, how is that That's not nominated not, for a score? That score what? rules. Remember, we were talking about how that is the score to like the DVD. Universal yes. DVDs for like, like 20 years. Yeah. How is that not nominated? Yes. We've got we've um, got Pertner to Prince of Tides was nominated instead of that. We've Prince got, of Tides? Prince of Thieves. I know. Forget. Wait they, a maybe, minute. Dude, maybe they wrote the wrong <laughs> they just, thing down. They spelled it wrong. 
<laughs> we meant Prince of Thieves. <laughs> Dang it. The Fisher King was on there, too. I don't remember that score, but George Fenton wrote that. Okay. And um, mm -hmm. remember Planet Earth? He did all that stuff. Oh, yeah. That's right. The BBC um, sound. Th th there's like this... Rocketeer came out this year. Oh my, yeah. So I, if you Rocketeer saw Rocketeer was huge for me. We, I saw oh, that in the theater and that yeah. was a huge VHS. I don't know if it mm -hmm. was just Jennifer Connelly related, but mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, I do love that. I do love Rocketeer. That seems like a unsung Disney movie to me. Yes. That's another great score. That's when you're going up to go to Soren. Like, uh -huh. literally, like, so if you look on the Gomer One Sheet, other movies re released around this time, the entire right side are movies uh -huh. that I rented every single week, if possible, on a sleepover. <laughs> and so, like, Rocketeer's right. right there. Incredible score. We watched that with mm -hmm. the girls this summer, or th this yeah. during COVID, and, like, they absolutely loved it. There's also a Rocketeer, like, animated series now for, like, little kids that's super cute. Oh, okay. Starring cool. a girl. Yeah, nice. Um, But that, yeah, that... that I feel like that was a sleeper that like got forgotten about, but like people like us just freaking loved it. Yeah, I Did think there's buried? a certain person that it, it's really important to them, but mm -hmm. it's rarely talked about or mentioned hmm. in kind of the oeuvre of Disney movies. Mm -hmm. I think it's good. Kindergarten Cop too. Kindergarten Cop is good. Dude, Kindergarten Cop. We talked about that on Terminator 2 episode. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Kindergarten Cop, T two same year, <laughs> wow! Like the only person that it. only person that rivals that dude, Daniel Stern, Home Alone, <laughs> City Slickers, Wonder Years. What? A, what how wonderful! <laughs> My girl came out, and that was plus program. Yep, plus. So, oh yeah, so this is so I'm a seventh grader when this comes out. Yes, and you're an eighth grader. Yep. Did you go to it's that plus program? Grade. I went to that. That was my last plus program. Hack and I laughed when Macaulay Culkin died All from right. bee stings, and those girls got mad at us. Total jerks. <laughs> Total jerks. I mean, this is so. This whole thing is so middle school for me. Yep. I mean, you put the top the top songs. I wanna sex you up. <laughs> Calling me bad to death. Losing my religion, which is like just when I started thinking. Oh man, maybe I'm emo. I remember when I heard it. <laughs> losing my religion. <laughs> right Here, Right Now by Jesus Jones is actually one of the best 90s songs ever, I think. Dang, it's so good. You're totally right. And it's one of those where, you know where um, you hear the lyrics wrong right. and you think those are the lyrics? Yeah. Um, it's okay. the, like Right Here, Right Now, along with there's nothing that a hundred men on Mars could ever do. That's what I thought Toto was saying. Okay. <laughs> In Africa. <laughs> but when when G uh, Jesus Jones, I really thought the lyric was bop, biddle, dop. But <laughs> where is Julie? Where is Julie? We need Julie. It's not bop, diddly dop. It's bop, diddle, and well, This song to sing about. But I always thought it was a bop. Diddly dop. And so I would be mowing the lawn, <laughs> listening to C104 in my headphones going, a bop, diddly dop. Then this thing about, and then the feels so good. <laughs> That's incredible, dude. Yeah, this, there is something so 90s about this. Like, yeah. Because when you hear losing, uh, not lo well, losing my religion, but right here, right now. Yeah. Like, I think about like Simple Minds mm -hmm. um, sounds so 80s. Yeah. Like when you hear that. 
And then this sounds so 90s. Right? I think 90s music gets a bad rap. Maybe this is 91, so people wouldn't consider it that. But if you look at those, I mean, these four songs, Everything I Do, I Do It For You, Brian Adams. Mm-hmm. Right On here, tape. right now, Lose My Religion and I Want to Sex You Up. Those are all really good songs. <laughs> It's, 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 I mean, I was loving life music wise in this era. So the question is, yeah, like, why is this incredibly funny, but like total midlife crisis on display with lots of sexual innuendo jokes, like our favorite movie? As seventh and eighth graders, you know what I mean? Like, how did we relate to that? When I was telling, when I was telling Julie, like, why do you love Murder She Wrote? Your favorite song, your favorite show was Murphy Wrote. I freaking loved like Murphy Brown. And, yeah. Right, Mr. Belvedere. What, I, I don't. I cannot answer it for you. Is it? Yep. Is it Billy Crystal? He's yeah. funny. I so I remember loving the score. I remember loving the way it sounded. Me too. Yes, I'm I remember get to thinking. That in my, oh, for sure. I remember thinking Billy it, Crystal was really funny. Yep, me too. Um, Love Daniel Stern. You know he was he was Merv. Mar- wait, Marv. Sorry, he was he's Marv. Yeah, and so you're you're like, oh, it's Marv. It's that was a very present thing when you were in middle school. Like for sure, huh? What? It's Marv's in this. Right, right. I'm trying to look up this other movie that I used to rent every week. Um, yeah, With Daniel Stern in it. Nope. There was a movie. Okay, I don't know what my parents were doing, dude. Because because like we used to go. Um, we used to like go to, I can't remember the name of the movie store, but like okay. multiple times I rented this movie called Sibling Rivalry uh-huh. starring Kirstie Alley. I'm just looking it up. Kirstie Alley, <laughs> Bill Pullman, Carrie oh, Fisher, wow. Scott Bakula. I love these movies with huge stars that I've never heard of yeah, from like the 90s. <laughs> Sam Elliott. He, he like... He's like this older dude, and he, I think yeah. he's having an affair with Kirstie Allen, and he like dies while they're doing it. Great, it's and great setup for a '90s movie for sure. For sure, same thing happens in Dave. Yep, it's there's always Dave. like the sex heart attack. Yeah, that was like a huge <laughs> movie trope. Like, how do we kill off the character? <laughs> I know, have them make love. <laughs> but like, why was I? Because I'm just looking this up. I was yeah. thinking about it earlier. It's like. It's like 1990. We used to rent this. What? It's a PG-13 movie. Why were we renting that? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's. And why were my parents uh, maybe letting it's us just rent a VHS that? cover thing? Like the, the, I would rent movies based on the cover, where I'm like, looks funny. Yeah, but sibling looks rivalry. Cool. <laughs> like I don't know. It's a good title. I guess sibling I, rivalry is a pretty good title. I have no idea though. I like, can't explain. Starring Kirstie Alley and Carrie Fisher. I guess Princess Leia. I don't know. Yeah, so there's a char- there's a Star Wars connection, but like I don't know, we dude, would go, I, but dude, I know what you're saying. We would go to the movie theater, dude, or movie theater, the yeah. the, the video store, and I'd be like, guys, we gotta rent this. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, okay, yeah. And then we like, I don't, and I I didn't feel like ashamed or nervous. Like, wow, I was like, this yeah, such confidence, sibling rivalry. <laughs> I I always felt nervous. And so I never wanted to choose the movie. Mm. I I would say a big winner for me was always Three Amigos, which is another kind of in this in the in the city slickers vein where I was like, 
this will be a guaranteed hit. Okay. And it always was. Three Amigos never failed. I've never seen that. I know that. So you should watch Three Amigos sometime. It's one of these, I think kind of one of these star-studded movies that not many people talk about anymore. Okay. But you've got Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, and Martin Short all sitting on horses. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. See, all the, you know what? I'll tell you with that, what with that. I don't really like either of those three dudes. Oh, you I, don't like Steve Martin? No, no, no. I like Steve Martin. I've told you my stuff that I've heard behind the scenes. People yeah. are like, he's not oh, very fun to work right. with at all. Yeah, yeah. Chevy Chase yep. is a total jerkweed. Don't like, I don't like Chevy Chase. And I don't really love Martin Short either. Oh, these are just hot takes I all know, over the place. Dude, I'm sorry. That like like in Father of the Bride, he's the worst part. <gasps> <laughs> you don't like Frank? No. Not really. I almost pushed end call. <laughs> <sighs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, well, that maybe Three Amigos is not free. Maybe you would have been my one friend who would have been like stupid. No, but I would the thing is, okay, first of all, I haven't seen that since like middle school. Maybe I'd like it now. Yeah. I didn't like him mm-hmm. then for some reason. I love Steve Martin, other than the behind the scenes stuff. But I would have gone with the group though. And if you thought it was funny, yeah. And you you even telling me how much you love it right now, I'll love it. I'll love it. I've been, I've been you, watching so MCU. You haven't watched Father of the Bride since then either? Is that what you're saying? I don't think I've watched Father of the Bride, like actually sat and watched it in forever. I almost picked that one for, um, I almost picked that one for, when is Father's Day? June? Yeah. Yeah. I almost picked that one for June because I love it. Nancy Myers written. <sighs> okay. Oh, baby. So good. Okay. Next year. Yeah. Next year. I just remember being like, this dude's annoying. That's all I remember. Wow. Okay. Rewatch. Okay. This I'm is curious. Middle school, high school, me. I really haven't watched it since high school. Okay. Yep. Uh, okay. Can we, since we're talking okay, sorry. <laughs> actors, can we talk cast a little bit or should we boot that over to the. Let's. No, sure. We can, we can talk about it real quick. Okay. Okay. The, the writers of this movie, this is like low. Yeah. This is Gantz and Mandel. This is pumping out screenplays, <laughs> slapping names on them. Packages them in seaweed, <laughs> webbing their feet. Um, but this is kind of like where I discovered I love fish out of water stories. I figured out I love Ganson Mandel, dude. You a literal fish out of water, right? Yeah, they did splash, didn't they? Totally. <laughs> I was just I was looking through their IMDb, and so I was like watching all the trailers of all their movies. Yeah. So it starts with like Night Shift, which looks terrible. Night Shift. I don't think I've seen it. Okay, it's like something about like a morgue and there's like a, I don't know, it doesn't look good. Although it stars Michael Keaton okay. and um, the Fonz. Okay, yeah, sure. So, the the perfect combo. Yep. <laughs> but but then we've got Splash, Parenthood, which is huge. Love. Absolutely yep. love. Early Keanu. Oh, yeah. Mm. Rick Di- Moranis. Diarrhea. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> sliding yep. into first sliding into first <laughs> um league of their own pertnerda yep per- perfect movie yep yes we've got multiplicity steves so many steves so many steves hi steve that's where that came from fever pitch okay yeah i mean i don't know yeah it's okay yep and just wait for a dude money pit oh dearie me 
So I have to watch that. Too soon, dude. Too too soon. (laughs) Too soon? Yeah. Sorry. Um, the, the, the cast is great. Mm-hmm. Everybody's every kid's favorite actor, Bruno Kirby, mm-hmm. in that third role. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Can I can I tell you a rumor I heard mm-hmm. that that this was it was originally supposed to be the what was that benefit called comedy comic, something comic relief or comic relief crew. It was supposed to be Crystal, Robin really? Williams, Whoopi Goldberg. Oh my gosh! But um, Billy Crystal, yep. who I think it's a story by or something. Billy oh. Crystal. This was his idea. Okay. For this movie, um, this is my suspicion. It wasn't a. It wasn't a production company. No, it was a him. I I I think that there's cases to be made that those other two are more famous than him, mm. and he wanted this to be his movie. Okay, and so that's, he cast Daniel Stern and his friend from When Harry Met Sally, yeah. Bruno Kirby, right? Okay, that's, that's and so fair, he wanted he didn't want it to be a three hander like Three Amigos. He wanted it to be Billy Crystal. Dang, wow! In City Slickers, but wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that have been interesting, dude? I Robin Williams, Crystal, that. and Whoopi Goldberg. I love that. Yeah, that me sounds, too. That sounds super funny. I mean, it doesn't quite make as much sense. Like you'd have to put a reason why those three are together. Like these are three best buddies. Right. These are the three Gomers, right? I, I, I would be interested in a movie where they are just best friends. Those three, mm-hmm. like they just have always been best friends, and it. It doesn't matter that they're not all guys. It doesn't sure. matter that they're not all white, right? Yep. That they actually just are best friends and have grown up, and they take these trips together. Yeah. And um, so m- m- I think that would have been a very different movie, and I don't think that it would have been a Bill- Billy Crystal movie. Yeah. I think it would have been more of a Robin Williams movie because he kind of – yeah. He overshadows. He sucks it. <laughs> right. All of the energy right gets sucked into a Williams when he's on the screen. <laughs> For sure. Especially when he's in those great uh green tights. <laughs> well, maybe he was like, I can't be in it, I gotta be in hook. I have to be right. too busy with banning. hook. Yeah. That is super interesting. Yeah. I would love to see that. I would love to see that version. Um but yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been his thing. And he was right. He was a list superstar at this point. I know. Hmm. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Okay. The the other thing actually that I heard actually going along with that was that Rick Moranis was supposed to be Phil. Like up until Phil is wait, which is Phil? So Daniel Stern. Oh, Phil is Daniel Stern. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That would have been funny. Yeah, dude. So I guess his wife got sick. And then, oh, okay, and then she right. ended up having cancer, and then he basically mm-hmm. left the biz for right. a couple of decades. Yeah, I think that I, isn't Parenthood one of his last movies, or maybe Ghostbusters <sighs> Two? No, Ghostbusters Two is in the eighties. Yep, we've got Honey um, I Shrunk. We've got the Shrunken series. Right. Yep, and that's eighty nine. Okay. Uh, I just remember that because eighty nine was so huge for me. So <laughs> I, I I wonder if I wonder if this was the beginning of him saying no to roles. Yeah, well, they were saying that it was stopped acting like ten, like ten, like a week or something like that before they started filming. Oh no! Like way. it was like really, 
maybe I'm wrong on that, but I think it was like very much like right before they were filming, Daniel Stern got in. Okay. Because he couldn't do it. He, here's here's a here's my off the the top of my head mm-hmm. why Rick Moranis wouldn't have been as good. Okay. Because then it would have been three short guys. Yes. I think I Daniel Stern being thing. tall yes. <laughs> really works. Yes. Compared to Bruno Kirby and Billy Crystal. For sure. It would be three like the same shaped dudes. Yes. Like, right. They need <laughs> Daniel Stern to offset their yes. shortness. Totally. Like riding off into the sunset. It makes yeah. the perfect like triangle or, you know, pure, like <laughs> put Daniel Stern in the I middle. Agree. When, when they're all standing next to each other, there's a peak. Yeah. <laughs> that so it was a, it was it's unfortunate that Rick Moranis isn't in it, but it's, yeah, height wise, I think it's a win. Yep, and he's like tall and skinny and angst, like he can he can pull out that Marv angst. Yep, just going. Cr- I mean, I don't know what I was thinking as a as a middle schooler when Lisa Simpson. Actually, can we jump into some Strickens real quick? Sure. Okay, let's let's throw in some strickens real quick, and then we got to go to the the VHS in the trial. But just a couple strickens. Yeah. So, what was right. I thinking? First of all, how did Lisa Simpson find him? <laughs> like he's said- Lisa. This this was a big moment for me, by the way, where yep. I was like, I recognize that voice. This is really interesting that it's Lisa Simpson who had an, <laughs> who had an affair with Daniel Stern's <laughs> character. So Lisa Simpson and she- Marv from <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So how did she find his house? Yeah. So how did so because because they live on oh, Roosevelt it's not at his house. They live on Roosevelt Island. It's his birth. Uh-huh. It's it's Mitch's birthday party on Roosevelt Island, right. which you have to take that tram to get across. Incredible New York. Which they shots make. They, they, yeah, they make a point of showing him on that tram looking sad. Yep. We lived twenty blocks from that Queensboro wow. Bridge, and that I loved looking at that. Um, so stricken is for, well. First of all, why did I think that was funny? As a seventh grader, I, I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> and then wh- and then how did Lisa Simpson find him? Right. Or at Mitch's party. Not, yeah. Yardley Smith. Yardley Smith. Like I gotta stop saying that because it's it's kind of weird. But you know what I mean. But but def but it's definitely like every time I watch it and the boys are watching, I say, you know what, that you know, that's Lisa Simpson's voice. And they're like, We know you told us that a hundred times, Dad. Okay. <laughs> it's one of those facts. it's one of the early movie facts yes! of my life. Totally. Right? You're like- for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, how did she find him? Um, secondly, yep. mm-hmm. Mitch, why wasn't he covered in like gooey blood from that birthing that calf for like the rest of the movie? <laughs> I always hated that. So, like when he births that calf and loses his watch, you know, yeah. there he's covered. But they have a shower. Remember that shower scene? Oh, baby, that shower scene. <laughs> they do have a shower with them. Don't yeah, they? but that gets run over in like the tra- the stampede. Oh, so, you're right. Like, yep. So that gets run. He's o- too clean, and they've yep. lost all their supplies, and they've lost their water supply. Yeah, and so I guess it would dry out. But like, if you look in the scene after he's get, get, like had helped that calf come out of the mom, yep. like he's covered. Mm-hmm. It's so gross, kind of graphic almost. Right. Yeah. But then he's all dry, and there's no yep. stain. Inconsistent. Okay. Always, that's always bothered me. Stricken. <laughs> Two more. Um, hello. Way overused. Hello is cringy. Yep. Maybe that just didn't. I don't. I don't know if it didn't age well. That was his thing, right? Was okay. hello. Hello. Billy Crystal's thing. It wasn't this character's thing. 
it was Billy Crystal's okay. thing. So it would be, it's like in Santa Claus when Tim Allen goes, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Right? He's pulling that out because everybody knows that about Tim Allen. Okay. Hello. There's a Billy Crystal stand-up thing. God. Okay. So if you're in 91. Yeah. It just, it, I'd think do it twice, max, maybe three. Preferably I would say one. Once. I would say once, yes. right? Once yep. is like, ha ha. I'll I'll give it to him. That but gives how many times does he do it? Four or five times. Yeah. And I I just watched Pertner to Legend of Curly's Gold. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. I've never seen the I, sequel. I jammed that in there, dude, because I was like, I just want to see it. Wow. So <laughs> that is something I've never seen. You should. It's super dumb, dude. <laughs> okay. And it's like his twin, right? Yeah. Curly's yeah. twin. Yeah, they bring okay. him back. I mean, he was, he, it was that Oscar speech. They're like, how do we, we killed him too early? So they pulled him back. But I think hello gets yeah. used way too many times. It, it really gives my neck. It's, it's bad. It, it chill hurts bumps. my neck. It does, right? It hurts my neck. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> okay. Last one. And yeah. actually this goes with your trio with Whoopi Goldberg is yeah. Helen Slater should have had a uh-huh. huge part. They should have had. Helen Slater, Supergirl. Yep, Supergirl. This is what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a guy movie. It's a it's a husband, son, father movie. For right. sure. It's a guy yeah. movie. Like. Yeah. But they could have, I, I feel like sh- her role is too throwaway. It's, they don't give her much to no. do besides looking pretty. It sucks. Yeah, and, and, she, and she's, it's the classic 80s, 90s of like the guy at the end gets the girl and that's the whole reason she's in the movie. Yeah. And they make a few lewd comments. I mean, some funny moments with her for sure. But it's like, I don't know. I feel like she could have gone with them yep. and could have even helped give them some advice, like maybe from a female perspective. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. So with Whoopi Goldberg, though, that would have that would have fixed all that up. I know. That's why that's why it was so intriguing to me when I heard that rumor. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, and she's at the top of her game comedically then also. I think Ghost is around here. I think Ghost was the year before where she had won the Oscar. So okay. it's like, oh, no, it was the year before because she presented the Oscar to Jack Palance. And so I think she Dang. won Best Supporting Actor the year before for Ghost. Wow. Which is just like one of my favorite performances in any movie. So it would oh have been gosh. like so funny to see Fish Out. Talk about Fish Out of Water. Yeah. It would have been awesome to see her in this movie. Yeah. Um, well, Sister Act was right around then. Yep, Sister Act is after this. Yeah. And Guinan. All these movies are on the next list, generation. <laughs> That's right, with that purple hat. Yep. Crushing it, giving that sage wisdom to Captain Picard. I don't know much about the next generation, but I know about Whoopi's purple outfit. <laughs> I love um, it. My mate, can I give one stricken? Yep. You're not going to bring a cow to your apartment. <laughs> to your, to your, where does he live? Did you say Roosevelt Island? Roosevelt Island, Island yep. Yeah. Right. There's, it's just, I get, I get the, the button of it right, right. at the end is yep. he's brought Norman home, but I, right. I just, it's even, even Jake Gyllenhaal cannot take care of a cow <laughs> in, in a New York city apartment. <laughs> like how would it, they, they should have shot it going across that tram. I mean, shot it like filmed, it, not shot it. Like, right. wouldn't that be a great shot? Norman. On the tram, like gondola thingy going across. <laughs> that, would, that would have been pretty good. 
<laughs> or like, but I'm telling you what, I mean, it is so dumb. It's so stupid. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal is very talented. He can do a lot of things. He's a he's a cowboy, right? In Brokeback Mountain, right. even he could not take care of a cow in a New York City apartment. I'm sorry. Strike it. Okay, stricken. By the way, the daughter was Billy Crystal's daughter. Real daughter. Real daughter. Love it. And I love that. Patricia Wedig is in my favorite TV show of the 90s, 30-something. 30-something. Which I only yep. watched two episodes of, and then they like pulled it from Netflix, and I'm like dying to watch it for the last 10 years. Oh, wait a minute. You've only ever watched two episodes of it? I think it used to be like on in the back. Yeah. Like my parents would watch that. Like I think that was one of their shows. I see. Okay. Yep. One of their stories. Now, isn't that WG Snuffy? That's Snuffy Walden. Snuffy totally. Walden. Snuffy comes through comes through for that one for sure. See, our, clearly our though, favorite TV composer. <laughs> so that electric guitar, acoustic guitar, yeah. See, you haven't seen Pertner to Cur- Curly's Gold because Mm-mm. spoiler alert. Uh-huh. Do you want do you want do you want to know the spoiler alert? <laughs> Please, I don't know if I'm gonna watch this movie. Okay, they actually move like to someplace uh I think in New Jersey. Or maybe okay. up, up New York, so he has to take the train in every day. Yeah, okay, got it's it. Because they have Norman. Wow, okay, well, it's addressed. <laughs> I didn't know, so maybe I can't strike it. <laughs> and, and then, dude, because the whole movie he, is, starts on his 40th birthday. Yeah. And he goes out for a run with Norman. Oh, I love it. Okay. It's great. Maybe, it's maybe great. I will have to watch this stupid movie. Okay. That's great. All right. All right. Um, I'm going to read the VHS, and then we're going to head into the trial 45 minutes in. <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Billy Crystal, when Harry met Sally, throw mama from the train, stars in the comedy classic about careers, cowboys, and midlife crises. Mm. Co-starring Daniel Stern. What do you think his credit is? Wonder Years? Nope. Home Alone. Oh, and Bruno okay. Kirby. When Harry met Sally, that gets a double call out on the back of this VHS. Ooh. It's the story of three friends who ride and rope their way down a trail that leads to a better understanding of themselves and each other. Hmm. The Western adventure begins in the heart of New York City, where a thoroughly urbanized executive, Crystal, is struggling to find meaning in his life. His do, whose do best friends have the perfect cure, a fantasy vacation where they can play cowboy on a real-life cattle drive, exclamation point. The, the all-star cast, I agree, includes Helen Slater, The Secret of My Success, yes. Patricia Wedig, Guilty by Suspicion, never heard of that, and Jack Palance, Shane. <laughs> this is a movie he was in in the 40s as the scene-stealing trail boss. <laughs> oh, Shane? <laughs> yeah, Shane. City Slickers is a masterpiece, it says on the back of this box. Wow. Both a hilarious comedy and a sensitive and wry portrait of the pressures and possibilities of contemporary life. Good news, Ooh. nation. It is in color approximately 114 minutes, a great length, oh. just shy of two hours. Yep. Um, Dang, perfect. All right. I, 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 we got to put this on trial. All right. We've we've done the strickens. There's nothing else wrong with this movie. It's perfect. Let's go into the trial and decide: is it perfect? You ever reach a point in your life where you say to yourself, "This is the best I'm ever gonna look, the best I'm ever gonna feel, the best I'm ever gonna do," and it ain't that great? 
Happy birthday. For Mitch Robbins, turning 39 wasn't the end of the world. It just felt like it. I'm losing hair where I want hair, and I'm getting hair where they shouldn't be here. I found four big fat ones on my back. I'm starting to look like the fly. He couldn't put his finger on what was missing. Show him the brochure. It's fantastic. But his friends could. Two weeks, the three of us. Driving cattle. What, like in a truck? No, it's a real old-fashioned cattle drive. Go away with Ed. Take Phil. Go and find your smile. Welcome to the Stone Ranch. Believe it or not, that work you saw a while ago, y'all are gonna be doing that the next two weeks. My ass hurts just watching this. What do you think? I think you look like one of the village people. I'll pay for that shirt, too. That is the toughest man I've ever seen in my life. Did you see how leathery he was? He was like a saddlebag with eyes. Over now! Hi, Curly. Kill anyone today? They ain't over yet. <sighs> Arnold, uh, I'm losing you. We're, yeah. we're going behind a butte, and Arnold... I got a special treat. We're gonna make fresh coffee. Wow, something's spooking the cattle. Damn pain! City folk. This cow's having a baby. Reach in and pull out the calf. You know, this was not in the brochure. Billy Crystal. Look what I did. I made a cow. Daniel Stern. I lost my wife. I lost my job. And I've got some sort of rash for making in the bushes. And Bruno Kirby. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. Oh, God. Hit the trail. Oh, super blasphemy. No, what? This. Your finger? Just one thing. What's the one thing? That's what you gotta figure out. Let's just leave the herd and get the hell out of here, huh? A cowboy doesn't leave his herd! You are a sporting gun salesman! Not today. Sometimes you have to get your feet wet. <laughs> oh, God, I don't like this! To sit a little taller in the saddle. I'm 39, I'm saying moo cow in a river! Do you believe this? Came out of your city slickers. You're gonna go home, cowboys. City slickers. I'm on vacation. All rise. Hey, how's it going over there? I love this movie so much. I watched it every single sleepover. Oh yeah. Oh oh boy. Um. I'm not asking Knutson a question here. I'm asking you. Are you, do you like westerns? Ooh, not really. Okay. I here's the thing. I don't think I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that I do. But every western I've ever seen, I've liked. Yeah, I I agree. I don't seek them out. Right. It's not a genre when people are like. What are your favorite kinds of movies? I wouldn't say westerns. Sure. And I don't think I've seen many. So here's so maybe I've seen the best ones, and mm. so I like them. Mm -hmm. So I really like Unforgiven. When mm -hmm. I was like, mm, I'm not interested. I, True Grit rules, right? Like there's, mm -hmm. um, The Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back to the Future Three. <laughs> Back to the Future Three and the Three Amigos, my favorite <laughs> westerns. Well, don't forget, uh, whatever that Mel 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 Gibson Mel. Mel who? No Mel Brooks. Mel Blazing Brooks. Saddles. Blazing yeah. Saddles. Yeah. Mel Torme, Mel Gibson, Mel Brooks. <laughs> There's a lot of Mel's. 
the Blazing yep. Saddles. Yep. I loved that one. Funny. Yeah, so maybe there needs to... So, I mean, True Grit, Unforgiven, those are like straight-ahead Westerns. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you're right that it's like, well, I like Back to the Future because it's a Back to, Back to the Future 3 because it's a Back to the Future movie set. Right. And you remember my Terminator fix, Terminator 3 fix, which oh, yeah. is that would have been a Western. I Put them back that. in the 1800s. Yep. So good. Yeah. Yeah. I should probably watch more. I mean, we. I remember we used to do this concert once every couple of years, Salute the Duke. Okay. Where yeah. we'd play music from Westerns. The music's always mm-hmm. very cool. I yeah. lo- Like I said, I loved the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. My father-in-law is a huge fan. So huge was my fan. father-in-law. Okay. He could sit and watch Westerns all day. Okay. Gerald Cross think, as well. I think he does do that. Billy Jack. Yep. <laughs> I, okay, I, maybe no, should, I don't think I remember Billy Jack. <laughs> is this the only Western on our list so far? No, I have I have a couple Westerns on the list. Wow. Wild Wild West? <laughs> Again, it's a Western, <laughs> but I like it because Kevin Klein rides a giant spider in it. <laughs> okay, City Slickers. I had an idea. Oh, wait, let me tell the rules. If this oh. is your first episode... Because you like city slickers, a lot of people like city slickers. I don't know if any does anybody dislike. Actually, may, maybe a perfect movie would can be argued, but does anybody dislike city slickers? Right. Well, we were. I, I forgot to mention in the Gomer one sheet, Rotten Tomatoes. This was given ninety percent by critics, critics, but only sixty four percent by the audience. That's okay. actually maybe lots of people do. That. One of the lower ones that we've done. I, I, I could be wrong. Well, I guess we'll see when the voting comes. And speaking of the voting, this is how it works. Anthony and I take a movie that we love. This summer has been (laughs) very much movies that we just straight up love. Yep. Right? Totally. Matrix, Independence Day, City Slickers. That's quite a trifecta for the summer. Yeah, it's really good. Just wait until I remind you what our next movie is. Oh, I can't remember. Um, So (laughs) it's another one that you're going to be like, yay. (laughs) We needed some joy, people. Yes, we, we definitely did. Just fun. Um, so we we kind of have a mock trial. We act as its defense counsel. We each get two exhibits to present to one another and to you, the listener. Then after we've presented those, I get a vote. Anthony gets a vote. And if 75% of our listening audiences vote yay, then that's a yes from then. And if there's all three yeses, the movie is deemed perfect. We put it on an artisan flash drive. Give it to, I mean, either Will Smith or Jeff Goldblum, whoever's closest. Mm-hmm. We hand it to them. They get on that ship. They turn the post-it note upside down. They go up to the giant ship. They they talk about the fat lady. They <laughs> they inst- instead of blowing it up with a nuclear weapon, they just hand them that that flash drive, and the harvesters <laughs> are converted. So we are trying to save the universe with this list. I I mean, I think this is a it's a feel good. Totally. This is a feel-good movie. This is this is top. Like, like I I sometimes are, are you ever watching a movie and smiling and you're like, man, if somebody looked at me, I would be embarrassed because of how much I'm smiling. Well, and that's the issue, right? When you're you know listening I mean? to a podcast you love, or mm-hmm. when you are listening, <laughs> we've done this before, listening to movie audio uh-huh. when you're running. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or just taking a walk and you're just like, ah, 13 point wonders can see me right now. But it's just like, you, it doesn't look like you're smiling at that person. It looks mm-hmm. like you are a maniac. Totally. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> <For> <laughs> like sure. imagining something. Yeah. 
and laughing about it. But like, I would love to see like a camera from behind mm-hmm. the screen looking at an audience all smiling. Yeah. Like yep. what they're seeing. Because um, I can't remember what the part was. Oh, no. It wasn't the smile at the end. I don't know. It just, it makes you smile. There's so many parts mm-hmm. of this movie that just make you smile. Yes. And uh, and I was like, I can't look at Aaron because she's probably smiling and I'm smiling and it'll be really it'll weird. Be embarrassed. <laughs> like, look at me enjoying. Like, here's me smiling. There are people that I will watch a movie with and they'll be constantly looking at me to see if I like it. That's oh, pretty yeah. annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my girls like to do, like, if they're showing me something. Yes, there we like, go. They want to make sure you're watching it, you mm-hmm. know? Because like, because right, we're all distracted. Kids, they. And now, is this a this is this a TV show or movie situation, or is this a YouTube clip situation? Any of those things, like something they found on like a YouTube thing, or yeah, or like a a little clip. It's usually a clip of a show that they're watching. Yes, and then they watch me. Yeah, it's it's such a cute elementary school age thing that happens. They just want to impress you Mm -hmm. with what they like. They want you to. I remember that with my boys so much. Um, okay, now we like this movie a lot. I'm so, I'm smiling the whole time too. Yep, love it. So here's so we we bring these two exhibits in, you know. Mm-hmm. And so my two exhibits are my two favorite scenes mm. in this movie. Okay, which is different than what I would usually bring in. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- there were just these two moments in this movie that knocked it up from being good. Which I think, I guess sixty four percent. I think many people would agree this movie is good. That, yeah. that there's two scenes in this movie that elevate it for me. And okay, so, do you, do you want we, me to chunk in for you, buddy? Oh sure, yeah. Oh, I didn't even have my thing. So, um, I think I'm just gonna tell you one of them. Okay. Be- because I because I think it exemplifies the fact that it's more than just a dumb comedy sure and so my favorite scene in the movie is the best day worst day scene oh man okay goosebumps all right tell me about it so the i think the pitch in the room probably was from billy crystal is a fish out of water story yep right um but i would say it's both that and a midlife crisis movie (laughs) sure so that totally connects with you and me i think 100 percent. billy crystal is 39 is that right and so it's like a pre-40 movie i feel like we talked a ton about this on the way to the to my sub five strive we talked a lot about yeah we we played that clip i mean this is far back in gomer lore this is up there with tron dude i think we've talked about city slickers way more than we realized especially Back, so if you remember, I remember I brought the DVD to watch at our well, first marathon. Thing. You gave it to me. Yeah. So you, so it's, I, I'm, I regret this because it's packed up in some stupid pile mm. somewhere. Yep. It would have been killer if I had had it with me because I still have it. And yeah. I was thinking about if I had it, I would have watched it on mm. DVD. Yeah. The blurriness and all, I would have yeah. watched it on DVD. because. 480. <laughs> right exactly it, it probably is three four <laughs> for all we know yeah, it's a pan and scan <laughs> um so you gave this movie to me at as a present at yep. our first marathon mm-hmm. 
I was like, these are the three it's, gomers. Yeah. And so we uh, we must have talked about it a lot. People can verify. Mm-hmm. Did we talk this? Did we talk about city slickers a lot in the first and second season? It's a it it it's a very like, well, I mean, bucket list isn't a midlife crisis movie. It's a third act of life sure. movie, yep. right? Yep. Um, but there are similar themes certainly where it's like, what have I done with my life, and I want to go do some exciting things. Or who who am I? Yeah. Is this all there is? So I think you're right that. We've talked about this movie a ton over the years. Yep. And then we brought it back up for sub five by right. 40 because yep. he's 39. Now, I looked this up. He was actually mm-hmm. 43 when okay. they filmed it. So he's your exact age. He does look young. He, does, he doesn't look as young as he did in Harry Met Sally in the college <laughs> That's scene. That's true. Now, my Uber driver told me the other day that I looked young, but I had a mask oh, on, nice. so I was I was wondering, how does he know that? Well, you have cool glasses and cool hair. It could be. It's that the, helps. It might be the glasses, and the, the trendy the, glasses. The t-shirt. <laughs> this one style of t-shirt I wear <laughs> that I found makes me look semi-okay. <laughs> it might have been the, that combo, but sure. when I told him I had a 17-year-old, oh, just wait until you tell people that you have a 17-year-old and you hmm. don't look like you have a 17-year-old. People yeah. are amazed. Huh? I'm like, wow, you have a 17 year old. So, well, I, I, dude, I, I got to tell you about that. I should. We'll, we'll yeah. have to save that for a for a RB episode. Uh huh. Wait up and down. This this is not a disparagement on anybody. When I was 20 pounds thinner, I got that way more. I got that interesting all the friggin' time. People yeah. could not believe I was turning 40. Right. And then yep. in the last two years, I don't get that anymore at all. I used to get, get <laughs> I, carded I actually, like crazy. <laughs> I actually don't think it's just a weight thing. I think something, there's just a turning all of a sudden <laughs> where I have way more wrinkles. Okay. Um, <laughs> not that we're going to talk about this, but it's true. <laughs> like, there's just like 41. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, 40? You can't be 40. Then 41 people were like, okay. Yep, I don't get I it at all it. anymore. They're like, oh, yeah, figures. <laughs> right. Oh, you now, have a 17-year-old? Any- oh, yeah. No, I only have a 9-year-old. Well, you look like you have a 17-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Are you sure they're not 19? <laughs> Just kidding. So maybe it's not a weight thing. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know. I I yeah. use it to talk about when, when people do say that I look young, I always talk about running. Nice. I say, That's I good. just read an article... Because I did. I read an article like it wasn't just Reddit, but I read a couple years ago about how running helps your skin. Oh yeah. That runners that that runners have more of a glow. Hmm. And so I'll say that. Because I can't just for some reason say thank you. Right. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not just uh, for some reason I'm unable to say, oh, that was really nice of you to say. I appreciate it. Right. I have to like justify. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to take compliments like that. It does yeah. feel good. But like it's it's hard to take compliments in general, right? Like I usually end up just making yeah, fun definitely. of myself, mm-hmm. for sure. Like, it's a, which is a very bi- Billy Crystal thing to do. Like hmm. everything, like he's kind of set up in this movie as like a a smart a. Like at one point yep. they say, "Oh, you know Mitch." Yep. He he's a fast talker. He can talk his way out of this, or he's a smart mm-hmm. a when he's when he's going up against those he's, bullies. Yeah, he's like, it's just my way, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, but I do think he does look young in this, especially mm-hmm. when he's got a little scruff going. Okay. That that's that's this isn't an evidence, 
But I was mm-hmm. going to say this this could be an evidence if you're like a huge Billy Crystal fan, which we love yeah. Billy Crystal. But he, he's not like on the top of my list of like favorite people, you know, to watch in a movie or anything like that. But right. this makes him look incredible. Like, when dude, he comes down and he's got that cowboy hat on, when you see him like Gandalf style crest yep. the hill and he comes down on his the horse, hero shot, the the ultimate he looks hero good. shot. He looked his yeah. beard looks incredible. Yep. The hat, the fedora hat, whatever looks yeah. perfect. He's he's shed at the end of the movie, he's shed his New York Mets hat. Uh-huh. Yep. He looks incredible. He looks the part. For Somebody sure. call Meg Ryan. Th- this this Billy Crystal works for me. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time during when Harry met Sally, I'm like, him? Yeah, you and know what? Though? Meg Ryan? Yeah. yeah, right. He gets that beard, though, in the final he act does, of that movie. Right. He does. The beard really and, changes and, him. And, yeah, I, I totally agree. But there's some real close-ups of his face when he's got that scruff. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, it's a good-looking guy right huh. there, Billy Crystal. Where yep. normally I think he plays off of his odd looks sure yeah um they actually get him to look <laughs> pretty manly sure for yep. lack of a better word he in looks this, epic. in this movie yeah totally definitely. he's a hero um okay so the pitch is it's a midlife crisis movie mm-hmm. and they could have just jettisoned that whole thing or or just played off of it comedically which they do a lot right mm-hmm. yeah my butt hurts for mining the horse yeah Right. Or I, I'm I'm not good at roping. Yeah. Or um, and then all this kind of like angsty stuff that he's going through. Yeah. But I think that there's a it's right after Curly dies. Yep. And you remember he comes up, he rides up to um, his his friends. I can't remember which is which. There's Phil and Ed. I think Phil, Phil is tall. Right. Yep. And Ed is small. Phil is Marv and Ed is the okay. sports sports store open owner right okay so mitch rides up to phil and ed and they do not have a conversation about having sex with aliens or whatever they mm-hmm. were having which is another one like why what, what? was i able to watch this movie <laughs> for sure <laughs> uh the instead they say okay now i we get it you're gonna want to talk about death because curly just died yep but instead they have this conversation where they ask each other a really good question which i love really good questions mm-hmm. What's your best day and what's your worst day? And there's a, what? How long do you think that scene is? Five, six minutes. Yep, it's an incredible scene. They're it's, just talking and riding. Yep. You and I have experienced this when we're running together. Yep. Where, for some reason, the conversation gets deeper. These three guys, I think, are used to talking about deep things together. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, but I think that a lot of their relationship feels kind of jokey. Yeah, or so they're using humor to deflect the hard things or something. Totally. I think they've been friends since kids because they talk about mm-hmm. this is why it's so gomery to me. A hundred percent. It I was just feels say that. like not not to pat ourselves on the back, but this movie feels like I'm watching something that we would do or be in. If we were in that position, yep. we would be having those conversations. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And I also feel like it's the perfect match of like a seven and a four <laughs> because uh-huh. like you love good questions because you want to like have an experience and have fun. Yeah. And then I want to like get really deep and talk about like the deep crap. So like when those two things match, that's what that scene felt like to me. 
Like, well, and it's a it, the, the scene is so well written because yeah. it goes back and forth between yes. a seven and a four feelings, it. right? Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a, um, it, it gets serious and then there's a deflection mm-hmm. or a release of pressure with mm-hmm. a line. Um, the answers are all unexpected. Yep. There's a revelation about Mitch's wife having almost having cancer. Then Phil talks about even though he's in a marriage crisis, that his wedding day was the best day of his life. Yep. Lots of baseball stuff, of course, which that's such a Billy Crystal thing. Mm-hmm. And then I think Bruno Kirby gets the best Bru- story. Bruno Kirby hits it out of the park in that. Yes. To use a baseball metaphor. But so here's something Aaron said after that scene last night. Yeah. Every single one of those stories was about their dad. Uh huh, which was huge, and I had honestly hadn't really thought of it thought of like that, right? So Mitch goes with his dad to the ballpark. Yep. Phil sees his dad finally being proud of him. Yep. You guys are all smiling at me, and my dad in the front gives me a little wink. You know, I mean, he's not the warmest of men, but he winked. You know, I was the first one of us to get married and have a real job, and I remember thinking, I'm grown up. You know, I'm, I, I'm not a goofball anymore. I made it. I felt like a man. It's the best day of my life. And then Ed kicks his dad out of his life. Yeah. So they set a rule, right? You're not allowed to say when your kids were born. Right. That's cheating. That's and totally so cheating. And so then they default to... Well, then I will tell a story about my dad. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Like that they... Going to make me cry, now, bro. <laughs> now, Bruno Kirby doesn't have any kids. And so that feels like right. a... Um, like he had... And at first he doesn't want to tell the story. Yep. The story is incredible. The story is... It's a really good story mm-hmm. about how he kicked his dad out for... Um, for being so mean and possibly abusing and and cheating on his mom. Right. Mm -hmm. It's well told, but then dude, that the, 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 it's, it's like a good magic trick, right? It's, there's a, I can't remember the, the prestige terms, but it's like the setup, the, the, it's like a good joke almost like Mm. setup, setup, setup. And then there's just a, it's a real magic at the end when he says that it's the same day, the best and worst and rides off. I'm 14 and my mother and father are fighting again. You know, because she caught him again. Caught him. This time the girl drove by the house to pick him up. And I finally realized he wasn't just cheating on my mother, he was cheating on us. So I told him, I said, you're bad to us. We don't love you. I'll take care of my mother and my sister. We don't need you anymore. And he made like he was gonna hit me, but I didn't budge. Then he turned around and he left. Never bothered us again. But I took care of my mother and my sister from that day on. That's my best day. What was your worst day? Same day. I I mean, I'm not kidding. It's it's one of my favorite moments in all of movies. Yes. (laughs) Yep. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so quick question. And maybe we can mm-hmm. punt this. Okay. I want to know what your best and worst day were. 
Okay, I really think this should be a Patreon episode. I know okay. we joke a lot about this a lot. No, 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 no. But I, I think this would be really interesting to to do a, a you know, sometimes we do best cereal. Yep. <laughs> Once in a while we can do a serious episode. Best day. Right? Best day and worst day. Um, I, I'm not ready to answer that question is part of the reason why I think we need to punt it right now. Yep. Um, but I also think that I think I think that would be a really cool. But we have to be riding horses. I wonder if we could record best day like while running or something. Sure. Same or day. Or on a walk or something. <laughs> you can't say same day and you can't say when you're, you can't say when you got married and you can't say when you had kids. I think those are the ground rules and good ones. For sure. Because th- those are too easy, right? I, th- I think that's part of why the scene is so good. They're forced to say things. I love it. And that aren't just the easy answer. Yep, that's that's one of my favorite things in life and in movies is guys opening up and talking about their feelings. Right. <laughs> I love it. It's, yes, the, exactly. I think that's why people listen to our podcast. Yeah, maybe. But like I love it because guys tend to be isolated, insulated, mm-hmm. and want yep. to bury their feelings, laugh about yep. stuff. And mm-hmm. like the thing is guys feel a lot. Yep. You know what I mean? Definitely. Which is basically what this movie is about. Here, dude, let me... Do you want to do your second scene or do you want me to chunk in? No, no, no. Let's let's wait. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to chunk in here. Okay. All right, dude. Um, My main piece of evidence, I have two. Yeah. Is this is the perfect midlife crisis movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can you think of any others? I was just like... Trying to think of it, we. I mean, maybe I could. I could probably yeah, just Google, Google it. that. Um, Actually, so while I Google it, why don't you tell me why you think this one is so good? Okay, so he's faced basically with the question of like, I've reached midlife and I don't like where I'm at. Uh huh. Or I've yeah. reached midlife and I'm not satisfied with life. Or like the huge question, like. Mahler, the composer Gustav Mahler, he wrote on the manuscript or at some point in his scribblings or something about Symphony Number no. Nine. Is this all there is? Uh huh. Like he designed this unbelievable world. Each one of his symphonies is a world, and he's gotten to this point of 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 des- like you know writing these unbelievable harmonies, and yeah. that, that's what my theory teacher told me. Is that he wrote, okay. is this all there is? Hmm. And I don't really know exactly what he meant by that, but it's like I've I've found the perfect music and it's still mm-hmm. not enough. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've got this job or or whatever, and it's still not enough. And like even what um his wife said, like he he said, I feel trapped. Right. Right. Like that's yep. and basically he's super depressed. Mm-hmm. He's super dumb. So the the interesting thing about his job is he does th- this feels a little bit like it's less complicated because you can write a movie about a guy who doesn't like his job and he doesn't feel like he's accomplished what he wants to accomplish. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting and maybe there is a movie about this somewhere where really somebody has accomplished everything that they've wanted to and that has that is dissatisfying. That well, remains Oh. Well. Hmm. I th- I actually think that's pretty common because like the Mahler thing uh-huh. or like even like the Queen movie, not Queen, like okay. Bohemian yep. Rhapsody. 
He's yeah. like writes the best songs in the world and he's like super not happy, right? I wonder if that's a lot of the artist movies. Yeah. Movies about artists who just sure. can't. I mean, remember, I think I was, was it Billy Crystal? No, no it no, wasn't no. Billy Crystal. Paul Reiser. Right. Paul Reiser, who was like, you get on Carson and that's all you want to do as a comedian for your whole life. Get on Carson. Yep. And then once you get on Carson, if you don't get called over to the couch, then you're a failure. Yep. All you want to do is get called over to the couch. And if you don't, it's always going to be something. Mm-hmm. Right. It's that that's unattainable. There's always that next um, thing. Right. That and so I, I actually do. I, this movie does a great job with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the one thing thing. Right. Yeah. So did you getting find- back to that basic thing? So yeah, I mean, th- this is an interesting list. None of them are very. None of them are super new. So let's mm. see. Um, ones that we so like Thelma and Louise is a good example, I think, okay. of the, the the of the where you're going with women. Okay. Um, it, that that is a super huge. Uh, I I remember that being a big cultural thing. Got it. Like n- this is a movie about women and their midlife. Hmm. Um, great movie, and Brad Pitt looks amazing in that movie. Okay, let's <laughs> see. Um, about a boy is on this list. Yes, becoming another a artist man. movie. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like this man child. He's a total man baby. He's living <laughs> off man baby. He's living off of his dad's song. His dad's number. I num- totally forgot about man baby until we <laughs> had that that throwback yeah. episode. Man baby, I forgot about that too, dude. <laughs> um, yep. Have you seen Lost in Translation with Bill Murray? I have, but I don't remember it like at all. Okay. That's a that, well, that's a big one that's on here. I mean, um, there's this cool. is forty. This is forty is a huge one. Yes, um, I think that one lacks a little bit of subtlety. I mean, the title is yeah. "This Is a Midlife Crisis." Right, movie. right, right, right. right. <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? For sure. Um, but I I do think you're totally right. I was thinking also of American Beauty, mm. is a midlife crisis movie. Sure. Um, yep. Maybe like bridesmaids hmm. where she's Kristen Wiig is always the bridesmaid never the bride and has to struggle with that I, I don't know it's it, definitely a huge theme and then probably every Pixar movie has some midlife crisis stuff yeah. in it right like yep. my kids are growing up and going away I'm gonna lose them Toy is Story all 3 that Toy Story Toy is Story about, 3 right? I mean that's when I <laughs> all was, of the Toy Stories but that one especially he's heading off to college Yes. Like, because yep. you could relate as a kid and as a parent. Yep. I like Toy... So my, the, the reason I love Toy Story 2 is because it flips it. Because he realizes midlife, wait a minute, I'm really special. Hmm. Like, I'm one of a kind. Mm-hmm. And he has to deal with that in his life. Right. And that's just Pixar being geniuses and taking a midlife crisis movie and making it amazing. Well, it's probably because all those people are in midlife. Like definitely. Like that's pick the whole Pixar staff is like 40, <laughs> yep. 50. Like there are all age of those writers telling the, like our stories I mean inside out <laughs> right. like I was mm-hmm. friggin' bawling. I mean actually I don't know if mm-hmm. there's a Pixar movie that I haven't cried in honestly. Right. Um, but, um, so I, uh, yeah, th- uh, there are a lot out there. This one, this one is good. I think this one's the best. I think this okay. is the best midlife crisis movie and it mm-hmm. hits me on all cylinders, dude. Is it enough? Who am I? 
Where am I yep. going? Like, yeah. am I stuck? Like, I mean, like, what does um, Phil says? At this point, where you are is where you are. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, I He's mean, on that's, the couch pretending to sleep, yeah. so that no one bothers him. Right? Like, that's even <laughs> Tim. Tim in the office, the British one. Yeah. He's like, "Yep, I could re-roll the dice. Mm-hmm. Could get a seven, but I might get a yep. two or whatever." You know, mm-hmm. like, and are so you I'll st- just sit here, like, so, and I won't roll. Yeah. I'll just stay here and be pretty mm-hmm. much discontent. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like, yeah, I feel like there's something about 40-ish. It's not a mm-hmm. number, but there's just a moment where you just are, I think everybody hits this point where you're dissatisfied, disappointed. I'm not trying to be like heavy and dark here. I'm just telling the truth. Like where you just hit the point right. where you're, it's just like, this is it. Like he says it in the movie. Yeah. Like this is the best I'm going to look and it ain't that great. <laughs> I think we played that before marathons. We played yep. that in the lose 20 season, right? Like, um, I also think you recorded it onto your phone. Yeah. <laughs> Originally you would record it onto your phone <laughs> through your TV speaker. That's how we used to do this. Totally. Before we figured out YouTube. Yeah. Um, and so what does she say though? So like the two things that he discovers in it, and this could be another mm-hmm. episode because I want to know what's your one thing. Yeah. And like, so she says, so the mission of the movie, right, is you're depressed AFR. <laughs> and Lowercase R. You're right? dissatisfied AFR. <laughs> yep. And she said, her, her, his wife says, go and find your smile. Uh-huh. Right. A little cheesy. A little Go and cheesy. find your smile. It's a little cheesy, but yeah. And the 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 punch the 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 button at the end of that where he's like, "Look, I found it," and he like smiles. Right. Kind also a little cheesy. Well, yeah, but if they if they had helloed that line, Ooh. which is like him continually mm. saying, "I gotta find my smile" throughout the movie, mm-hmm. it would have bugged me. Mm-hmm. But it's it seemed like something she would have said. Mm-hmm. His wife from thirty something. Yep. And and it seems like something he would have done at the end yep. and instead of saying i found my smile he just said look what i found and points to his mouth and he's smiling that's that's mm. that's pretty good okay i gotcha not not great yeah, no, but I at least they didn't overplay that yeah yeah i didn't get any cringes like the hello right. yeah that was good I, so yeah so my question is like what how did you get through that because would you consider yourself on the Having started your second half, I mean, I know where you're Oof. at right now with school, with uh, yeah, the house, but yeah, I do. I consider myself past midlife. Okay. Um, somebody asked me last week because I told my house story, like the real house story, yeah, yeah, to a whole room full of people. Yep. Um. Jeez. And basically is around the fact that I've been in the wilderness. Mm. I mean, the, it's, this is a wilderness experience for the for sure. the three guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They it's go very, to the wilderness very biblical, to find themselves. Right? 100%. Right. And my, my kind of my, what I was presenting was that the wilderness experience is deeply ingrained with most major characters in the Old Testament. It's a very historical place yeah. to go through before you're ready for something else. And so somebody asked me, what was your, <laughs> very, <laughs> did not know we were going to go with this. Mm-hmm. My friend Kristen asked me, what was your, how did your relationship with God change pre and post wilderness? Hmm. 
And so I told her it was simple before Mm. and it's not simple anymore. Hmm. And so I wouldn't say that I found my smile when it comes to my relationship with God post midlife crisis. Yep. Right. Um, But I'm, uh, this is better. Yep. My relationship with people and with God and myself are more complicated now and more complex and grayer. Yep. I prefer that to the black and white pre-wilderness, which is like God either loves me or hates me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am good or bad. Mm -hmm. I've accomplished what I want in my life or I haven't. Right. I'm rich or poor. It was very black and white. And so now past that, everything is more complex and gray and I much prefer it because I'm able to live my life without constantly beating myself up about everything. Sure. That that is so it's so such a simplification of your of the answer to your question. There's it's more complex than that. Well, but that's what I would say. So that would kind of like indicate that basically they oversimplified the smile because I think mm-hmm. that's a the, I mean, I I don't want to like way overanalyze the movie because this isn't it's it's just a fun comedy. Right. But like Billy Crystal and his friends writing it in a room probably did not <laughs> foresee this happening. Right, for sure. Like right. Gantz and Mandel. Hey, let's figure out some way to t- tell the midlife crisis story. Right. But yeah. it's definitely It's a comedy first, for sure. Yes. Uh-huh. I don't know. The heart is there though, dude. Yeah, There's totally. so it's much big. heart in this. I think mm-hmm. that's at the core. I don't think they Okay. I don't know. But I think Maybe the idea that you can find your find your one thing, find your smile, and then boom, done. Yeah, you you exactly answered that, which is you can't. Like mm-hmm. you can find your hundred percent can find your purpose. Like right. so, the one thing for me, yeah, is like yeah. love God, love uh-huh. others, like right. the greatest command, right? So like, yep. So like looking up and looking sideways, how Out. can I love? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And that brings joy, but that doesn't nest like that doesn't solve everything. It doesn't solve everything. It actually, like you said, actually makes it more complicated. I actually think it's. Oh, <laughs> right. I actually listened to a sermon this week. There's a uh-huh. sermon on if you look up City Slickers on iTunes. There's a sermon podcast. You know, like at the movies. <laughs> oh man, we were talking about this in the Matrix podcast. Yeah, totally. <laughs> evangelicals friggin' love that. Yeah, and. <laughs> He so like he he said the classic thing, which is find the one thing, which is Jesus. Which I've I've I, heard a sermon in my church about this same thing, and the clip yep. was shown with the S word bleeped out. Okay. <laughs> now I, I mean like that's way oversimplified. That's actually what I believe. Yeah. Right. It, but, it's it's the complexity versus sim- simple thing. Well, no, that I I think the movie just you got you've got 114 minutes you can't do it in this movie. Oh, of, of course. Like he's right. not going to get back and then be like, "Okay, well let's get to work." But it's my <laughs> whole thing about a relationship with God mm-hmm. is something that starts is is a beginning, not an ending. Mm-hmm. So like I think that's something that's massively lost in the evangelical tradition it's okay. is that Salvation is a beginning, not an ending. It's like a right. marriage. So like, mm-hmm. yay, we're married. That's where the movie ends. You know what I mean? Like that's how. <laughs> now I can do whatever the yeah. I want. No, right. look at this. Yeah. I found my smile. Now that's where the movie ends. And I think uh-huh. that's what you're saying is like, that's actually way too cleaned up. 
Yeah. You actually go through this sieve, go through this reckoning. Right. So I would I would say for me, I am at the beginning of this next chapter. Yep, and me, I am too. Yeah. Like I, I think you're a couple years ahead of me. Sure, but it still feels, and I, and I, I just want people to hear really clearly complexity. The way I'm saying using that word, I'm not upset about that at all. No, I feel like I'm, I'm a deeper thinker. I'm a deeper feeler. I'm able to relate to people more and whatever they're going through. But I do feel very at the beginning of really understanding what that is. Sure. Maybe yeah. I'm just maybe I'm a couple years old. I'm a year older than you, so I'm ahead just because of. <laughs> well, like you'll never catch up. No, no, no. Because right. that's how I always felt with Julie. Like, when am I going to be as old as Julie? <laughs> I know our our girls always talk about that. No, no, no. Yeah. But you hit this a few years ago, though, dude. Yeah, 2015 was my yep. crisis, big crisis. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that it, you you weren't quite 40, right? But I remember it being like really, really hard. Huge, yeah. Um, and so here, here's what I would say, dude. For me, up until two years ago, if I was to tell you the truth, mm-hmm. my one thing was my career. This, this is if I was like, don't lie to me. Yes. I, you know what you're supposed to say. Mm-hmm. God. Right, God. God, <laughs> like family. Aaron. Right. Yep. <laughs> Unit core, God, country. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to say. A few good men. So yeah. you're saying if I were to tell you, or if we weren't on a podcast and I were to say, I want you to be com- completely honest, like these guys were, right? Best day, worst mm-hmm. day, they were completely honest. You would have said career, top. Yep. One thing. Yeah. That's all I thought. All I thought about it so much, dude. Like every time we prayed, it's like. Every time you sing a worship song and like the or or hear like the best is yet to come or like one day I will be blessed or one day I will mm-hmm. reach, yeah, it was always career. Okay, I don't think that's that unusual. Um, well, here, I, it, it's so weird because like your career is so different than mine. Mm-hmm. I I think that it probably would have been as long as we're being honest. Yeah, there there still was even though I'm in ministry. There was a long season of my life where if I you had done the same thing, asked me, really, what is it? It would yeah. have been around something like success. Yeah. Um, which is weird to say as a minister, but that's there, right? Numbers. Of course. Accolades. Yep. To a certain Climb. extent, fame. Yep. Climbing the um, ladder. Yep. Authority, influence. Uh yep. <laughs> That just like 2015, it just, just I, I felt like I was getting hit on the head with a two by four. Like, yes. what does any of that matter? Mm. And remember, it was all about like, screw the ladder. Now I just want to climb down. Mm-hmm. And that's a yep. really difficult, hard thing to do. I don't think Mitch gets there in City Slickers. No, he, he doesn't. I don't mind it's, that he doesn't. Well, there's the belief in our culture Mm-hmm. I mean, John Mark, my my best friend, right? Calls it the gospel of upward mobility. Right. Like that is your gospel. If yeah. I can just move up the ladder and to the mm-hmm. right, that mm-hmm. that was my gospel, bro. Yeah. I'm just right. telling you the truth. I mean, obviously it's more complex than that. Yeah, but definitely. That, like, dude, I mean, I just watched Chariots of Fire, dude. We're going to talk about that in the yeah. currently watching. I'm, yeah. I mean, the, the dude... The runner, he says, uh-huh. I have 10 seconds yep. 
to basically justify my existence on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. And like my justification on planet Earth was my career. Look right. at how awesome I can be. Mm-hmm. And that is what the last two years have been is God literally tearing that away from right. me and yeah. detaching me. And that's what the midlife crisis for me has become or was. Yeah. And I think I'm on the other side of that, at which point I'm like, that is not my one thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so so the one thing then becomes like, is that an appropriate question anymore? I I I like the I like that running theme in the movie. That's just good writing, right? So good. Where where it's like, oh yeah, so where, good. Where they're you couldn't write it any better. Thing. And I don't I don't mind at all where he lands, right? Nope. And I, no. I, I like the simplicity. One of the reasons I love this movie is because it's simple, <laughs> right? Yep. And and I can watch it in my otherwise disastrous mess. <laughs> And totally. I can be comforted. That's another reason why this movie is perfect because yeah. it doesn't feel pandering, but it is a really simple story. They get to a pretty simple place and it feels so satisfying at the end. And then he has a new pet cow. Yep. He finds this one thing, which I believe we have. Mm-hmm. So he's we're oversimplifying it, but actually sometimes you just need to, like, what is my word this year? Simplicity, right? Right. Yeah. So I actually love the visual of it. And yep. the last thing he does is he did it with friends. Yeah. And so I think that's I love it. uber crucial. Okay. Is that your is that your second um No my no my, my second one was uh I love fish out of water stories. That okay. A good one. I love that's that it. too. Okay, because I have another I have another Oh, do it. And it has to do with the friends thing. Okay, great. Can you chunk sure. me in real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my second favorite scene of the movie is way way less deep than the first one. Great. But it just like you're saying you were saying before, it just makes me grin. It brings me a lot of joy and it and there's a couple reasons for it. One is the score. I love when they're driving the cows in at the very end. Yep. And they're singing together. Mm, yeah. And the score is written around yeah. their voices. Totally. So, Mark McKenzie conducting it. So I think I think it's the um is it the Bonanza theme they're singing? I think so. Um, maybe we can play the clip. Yeah, Anthony, yeah. you can put the clip in here. But I sure. just, this is one of my favorite things that a scorer does, yeah. which is if somebody's singing in the movie, the score is in the same key and is written around that. They are so happy. I feel like they hear they're hearing the score that I'm hearing for some reason. There's just some sort of connection that I feel to that scene where they've accomplished something really difficult together yeah. as a team. And this happens to me and the team that I lead once in a while. We're like, after a big conference we do, we feel like we did this together and we're just able to celebrate each other. They're riding on horses, which they didn't used to be able to do. They, they, I, I do think the action scene drags a little bit for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. But it's all sins are forgiven when they ride in and they're singing the Bonanza theme. And, um, 
and the score is behind them, and they just look so freaking happy to yes. be with each other. That's when we were smiling. That's what it yeah. was. We, I was, yep. I was like, I can't not smile. And I was like, if I look over at Aaron, it's gonna be awkward. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and they're just, like it's just, it's in the, it's in the pauses that the score is yes. accentuating it. So good. That's good. That is good movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say? That is good movies right there. Yes. And it's just if it can make you smile, if it's a good wrap up of what you've seen so far, if you can connect to it, it's yep. it, it's it's a moment of perfection for yep. me that I just I, I, when I start the movie, I can't wait for that moment. But you yep. have to watch the whole movie to get to it. Right. And there's a line. Oh, and I, I was thinking actually, if you were to rescore it, it would be the the Diet Coke. my personal favorite song <laughs> if you were to rescore it that would be it um yeah, there's this great line right before that, like it in the right before that, when they're mm -hmm. in, the, in the end of the action scene, like in the river. Yeah. And Phil says to Ed, Bruno Kirby, mustache mm -hmm. man, <laughs> you're a sporting goods salesman. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And he says, not today. Right. I love that. Yeah. Like it's too. like. They, it's like for one moment, they like became something mm -hmm. new together. Yeah. For just, yeah. for just a moment. And like, I, I mean, that happened, that, that's, it's like the fish out of water thing. For one moment, they become, I don't know, the thing that they're in or, or whatever, you know, like. Well, yeah. So the, 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 it's maybe a third genre that I love, which mm. is something that was supposed to be fake is real. <laughs> so yeah. that's Galaxy Quest. Yeah, that's Three Amigos. Okay, I really like Bugs Life. That the part that that aspect oh, yeah. of Bugs Life where you're supposed to be faking it. Yep. But then something 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 happens. Curly dies. Those cowboys get drunk and run away, and then all of a sudden it's not fake anymore, and so yeah. you have to do it yourself. Um, yep. And by Grapthar's hammer, yep. they do it. Yep. You're an actor, <laughs> not today. <laughs> right. You're a bug, not today. Like, I just, I freaking love that line. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I'm a cowboy. Mm -hmm. You know, that, isn't that, that so be Galaxy like, Quest, right? It's so like a, a regular people rising up and doing well, it together. Could that be like when we're out running, mm -hmm. be like, you're a gomer. Not mm -hmm. today. Ooh, a great. I hey, we need these. Runner. We need all. The, we need all of the mottos we can nope. get. Not today. <laughs> I'm a runner. Right here, I go. You it's know, awesome. Yep. yep, I love it. All right, we want to know, listener, what you think. Uh, we are very curious. What do you think of? Well, I was going to say Billy Crystal, City Slickers. You can tell us what you think of Billy Crystal, also. Um, what do you think of City Slickers? Is it a perfect movie? There's a lot of ways for you to let us know. I would say the best way is to just follow us 
on all of our social medias, uh, Insta, web, our website, Facebook, Twitter, uh, all of that is at Two Gomers, and we put polls up so that you can let us know whether it's a perfect movie. Uh, we wanted to thank our webmaster, Adam, Jason for our graphics, Davis for our music, Annie for our social media. You ready? Our next movie. I, ju- I just peeked at it. Karate Kid. Oh. Elizabeth Shue. dude. You're, welcome yep. back. Yep. <laughs> we want more Elizabeth Shue. Yep. And this totally. is, I mean, this is, um, we're going to have so much to talk. This is so, if if City Slickers is your wheelhouse, mm-hmm. if it's all of your Venn diagrams, Karate Kid is, 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 is my perfect movie. It's mm. everything that I love. It is perfect. Let's not spoil it. Ooh. I can't wait. I, I watched it with my kids last fall. Okay. Perfect fall movie. That's what we're. Oh yeah, we're entering into the. We're entering Mm. from the summer to the fall. Yep. And so we've got. I mean, should I tell the rest of our fall lineup? No, I won't. It's good to be surprised, but we have other fall movies coming up. Mm. Gonna knock people's socks off. So awesome, dude! I love it. Uh, Okay. Great app. Super fun, man. I was just gonna say. If we can do this, you can do this, but that makes no sense. But if we, you know what though? If we can enter a midlife crisis uh-huh. and come out of it on the other side, if you're going through that, you can too. Right. Maybe even let us know how you're enjoying midlife. Maybe let us know if you're heading that direction or if you're on the other side of it, how you got through it. That'd be yep. sweet to hear. And if we can sit down and watch City Slickers and smile, <laughs> so can you. <laughs> All right, dude. Have a great week. All right, you too, dude. And happy watching Karate Kid. What is the hook song? You mean um, uh, we want to be like da, da, Peter da, Pan? No. Da da dee da 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 dee. Oh yeah. Da da dee da yo da dee. When you're alone, you're. <laughs> <laughs>